to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So, let's live our best lives, one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Hi, everybody. We are so glad you're here for the Life Lessons Podcast. Welcome to Episode 4. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing great. That's good. Anything new going on with you? Oh, well, my husband's having surgery next week, so we've been preparing for that. And I think I said on the sleep episode that I really needed a new bed. Yeah. And it was after I did all my research for that that I realized I needed to take my own advice. So I ordered a new bed, and so I was getting ready for it. It came in this past weekend, and it's been great. I love it. That's good. That's good. You are a Tempur-Pedic girl. I am a Tempur-Pedic girl. And I went Mm -hmm. back with it, and I am not sorry. I've slept really great the last two the last two days, and my back is feeling way better in the morning. That's good. Yeah. When your bed starts to make your back hurt, that's when you know it's time for a new one. Yep. What have you been up to? I have actually got a follow-up. You know, I've talked about this on both the Intermittent Fasting podcast and on our sleep episode, how I was searching for a clock that you could turn the clock numbers off in the middle of the night, Uh and I found one. Yay! I was so excited. It's called The Hatch Restore, and they're not sponsoring our podcast. They don't even know I'm alive. (laughs) But it would be nice if they were, but they're not. But The Hatch Restore, and it, like, has so many different features. And so I have it set so that the time display turns off between 10 p.m. and I think 5.15 a.m. is when I have it. I feel like that was the clock that one of our listeners wrote in about. Was it the hatch That I shared. Does it also have some like... um, Sunrise? Yeah. Uh Yes. Yes. But I didn't realize that you could also turn off the clock. I didn't either. you can. So it is fantastic. So like I've had it for a few nights now. So this morning I woke up, who knows what time it was. I just turned my head a little bit, see that the clock is not showing the time yet. So I know it is prior to 5.15, and I know it's not time to wake up. I don't need to pull out my phone and look at it to see that it's 2 a.m., and now I've bright light my eyes. You know, (laughs) that messes you up. But it's fabulous. So I just looked over, no time showing, went back to sleep. Woke up, looked over, it was 5.20-something the next time I looked, and I could get up. I don't know if that would work for me. It works beautifully for me. I like to know everything, so I still want to know what time it is. <laughs> See, I don't. I do not. And, well, I need it to be dark. That's the problem. Okay. I, I wouldn't mind if, if it wasn't so bright, but I have it turned all the way down, the light of the clock turned all the way down to like 1%, and it's still very bright, but it's okay because I'm supposed to be sleeping. But when it comes on, it's I can be awake. Yeah, see, I cannot see my husband's alarm clock, clock from my side of the bed. So I'll, like, reach around and find my phone to see what time it is constantly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know if that would work for me. 
No. Unless I left my phone in another room. Well, anyway, I love it. I'm so excited to have it. And then the sunrise starts. But I'm always awake before the sunrise. <laughs> you know, plus the time change. So that also makes it hard because we're just I am still... often awake before the sunrise. Yeah. Oh, I'm always awake before the sunrise. But, I mean, the sunrise on the clock. The clock has a sunrise. All right. Well, today we'll start uh, with our good news segment. It comes from Joan from Houston. And she said, I have to give a shout out to Shipped. This whole coronavirus has certainly been stressful for everyone. In my case, my daughter's husband had a stem cell transplant in June. So we have all been under very strict quarantine since then in order to be able to see them. As a result, I haven't been able to set foot in a grocery store since then. The shipped shoppers in my area have all been so sweet and kind, and I really appreciate them. And if you're not familiar with Shipped, it's a company that was actually founded in Birmingham. And it's very much like Instacart. I know Target recently bought them and they're expanding nationwide. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And um, I actually looked into them because I just, I'd heard a few things about Instacart from Instacart shoppers and like some of their employees weren't really happy with them. So I thought, well, if their employees aren't happy, maybe I need to support a different company. But even though I'm only 70 miles from Birmingham, it's not available in my neighborhood. But maybe, ah, maybe soon. But yeah, for anybody who's not familiar with Shipped, maybe give them a try if they're in your area. I love all those companies. I think they're a great life hack because they, they free up our time. You know, my time is valuable. And also... I am a terrible impulse shopper. So they save me money as well. Because <gasps> I'll be like, ooh, I need this cheese that costs $12. You know, <laughs> I don't need that cheese. <laughs> I need to stay out of the store. That is good. And see, I'm the, I'm the ADD shopper. So even if I have a list, I tend to flit around and something, something catches my eye. And then I get home and I'm trying to make something and I'm like, Where's the cornmeal? Yeah. And I never I never went down the aisle with the cornmeal, so I don't have it. So it's great. I just make my list, double check it against my recipes. And if, and they bring it to your house. They bring it to my house. So, yeah. yeah. Fabulous. But really, you know, don't feel guilty about using those services, listeners, because they free your time up to do other valuable things. And like I just said, you're saving money without the impulse buys. I mean, that's I really, true. that's that's what I think is so beneficial for me. And, of course, I understand that for Joan, she can't, for safety reasons, go yes. to the store. So, awesome. Well, listeners, we need your stories. Send your good, good news story to connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear about companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout-out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you and sharing your good news in an upcoming episode. So before we get to the life lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And this week, I'm going to talk about Beauty Counter. Beauty Counter is one of my favorite life hacks because I don't even need to think about it. Those are my favorite. I don't want to have to spend a lot of time worrying about things. I want to use products that are safe for my body, but many standard beauty or skincare products contain compounds that are dangerous. They can mess with your hormones. They may contain heavy metals, even lead, or even known carcinogens. There are actually thousands of compounds that have been banned in Europe, but we're still seeing them used widely here in the United States. Some of them are even hidden using the word fragrance, which can mean almost anything. I don't have time to read every label or research every strange-sounding chemical, 
so I've made it easy by going with Beauty Counter for all of my makeup and skincare needs. I even use their shampoo and conditioner, and I love it. You know, it works really well with my hair, and you only need a tiny bit, so it lasts a while. Beauty Counter was founded on a mission to make skincare and makeup products that are safe for your skin, and it's one less thing for me to worry about. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Stevens. That's G-I-N-S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. You can also find the link on the Favorite Things tab at jenstevens.com. And if you shop with me, something special might happen after you place your first order. It totally will. (laughs) (laughs) It might. It will. Anyway, I really love their products. I just started. I switched over to their new um, Skin Twin Foundation. I really like it. Can you see my skin? Mm. It looks great. And your hair looks very voluminous and bouncy today. Thank you. It might look crazy. She can see me in the video that we're filming, but I was just putting up some Christmas decorations. It's only early November here, but I just couldn't help it. We were going to be filming the joy episode today. And so it got you I was in the like, mood. I need to be filled, filled with joy. And, and you know, I, if, for people who listen to the Intermittent Fasting podcast, I've talked about how I don't like glitter. So we bought this new house a year, just over a year ago, and I had these big balconies around the great room. And so I ordered this garland from Amazon. It was a fabulous price. It's lighted garland and it goes all around and it's full of glitter. It's glitter, glitter, glitter. So I am all glittery. My house is glittery. Did you know it had glitter when you bought it? I don't think I realized that it had glitter. I gotcha. (laughs) They're really pretty in the picture. It's got these little red berries and these pine cones and glitter. So glitter might be my favorite thing about the holidays. Really? I like sparkly things. Well, I just don't like glitter. I like looking at it. I just don't want it all over me. And now it's like in every crevice, you know, 50 years from now, people will still be finding glitter <laughs> in this I think house. that's the teacher in you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I did not allow my students to have glitter. They had everything in the entire world. They'd be like, do you have glitter? And I said, no. Oh, now see, <laughs> and I did not like art at all in school. I used to have to stay after school to make up art class because I was so bad in art class. Well, did your teacher encourage you to do whatever you wanted, or did she tell you what you had to do? Oh, no. She told you what you had to do. That's why you didn't like it. It was not creative. I couldn't just go with the flow. You had, right. you know, like your lesson plan, and, oh, it was awful to me. And But my favorite was when you would take the paper, and you would make a design with glue, and then you would put glitter on it. And was, Oh, I loved that, that, was that like too. That was, like, my favorite art that project. That was fun. I could, yeah. do that. I could do that right now as an adult. That would be fun. <laughs> And then I'd call Good Jen times. to clean up my glitter. Well, no, no. Jen is not <laughs> coming over. That reminds me of a Christmas memory. One year, one of my students gave me a glitter-filled Christmas ornament, and it was so pretty. It was all glittery inside, and I was, like, carrying it to hang it on my tree, and you know what I did? Did the little hook come out of it? I dropped it on the tile floor. And not only did I then have broken glass everywhere, but I also had glitter, shards of glass and glitter all over the place. I was like, there you go. Glitter strikes again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. But it's a fun memory. I'll never forget that ornament. (laughs) (laughs) It's the ornament that keeps on giving. Exactly. They're probably still finding it at that house. We don't live there anymore, but the (laughs) glitter still does. (laughs) Yeah. How many trees are you putting up this year? Well, I put up two full-size trees. 
I have one in the great room and one in our little TV room. Both of them are by a big stone fireplace. And I love these trees. I found them at Costco. Just as today, I was looking in a group that I'm in that's not a fasting group. It's not our group. It's just another group I'm in. And they were talking about Christmas trees and where to find them. They were naming all these places to get trees. And I'm like, oh, so I started looking. Oh, my Lord, trees are expensive. Some of these places have trees that cost like $1,000, $2,000. Well, I just get mine at Costco. Oh, well, if somebody can tell me where to get a pre-decorated and pre-lit well, tree, that's pre-lit what I need. pre-lit is Costco. <laughs> I have two Costco trees, and they just snap together. And they you don't have to fluff them all up. Like oh, they really? just fall into place the way that the branches are. They're this plasticky stuff. But it, does, it sounds terrible when I'm describing it, but they look fabulous when they're decorated. But the best thing about them is they have a little button, and if you click it, it goes from clear lights to colored lights. You can change it. So I'll sometimes set it for clear during the day and colored at night or just depending on the mood that I'm in. Well, I same might need tree. To, yeah. I might need to take a trip to Costco with somebody and find well, a new tree. Well, you know, you could do less is more. You don't need all these fancy decorations. Just go with the twinkly lights. I really just want the twinkly lights anyways. Yep. Well, that's yeah. all I've done so far. As I said, it's early. It's November 11th <laughs> that we're recording this. And I've got my twinkly lights in the great room because it was very dark in there. The seasons changed, and so we need a little joy. Yeah. Okay. Well, you come on over to my house and do mine next. Well, I would. I would do it. <laughs> I told Jen before we started recording that I don't know if I'm putting up a tree this year. It just makes me so happy. Oh, I love it when it's up. I just need an elf to come do it for me. So any elves that live in Alabama, yeah, Come on over Sherry. to my house. <laughs> you can bring all your little elf helpers. Get my house all ready for Christmas. I would love it. Just do something simple. Get a simple little tree, pop it up, and go with that. It'll yeah. just make you happy. So that's our life lesson of the week. Joy. Joy at the holiday. You know, some people get so stressed out over the holidays. I think maybe that's my problem. I get super stressed out. There's so much to do. Uh, there's so many expectations about the holidays. That's true. And I kind of, I feel like I'm always working really extra around the holidays. Like from Thanksgiving until the end of the year is really crazy. People are using up their vacation at the hospital because it's like if you don't use it, you lose it sort of thing. And um, so, yeah, I start thinking about everything that I have to do and it just starts to feel overwhelming for me. And I am very guilty of like losing the joy in the holiday. Well, I try to find ways to make it easier so it's, you know, less stressful for me, you know, whether it's buying you know, get get your turkey from Honey Baked Ham. The turkey's already done. And, you know, that's one less thing to have to cook, you know, for the for the meal. Just something that makes it easier so that you can enjoy. You know, I used to do a lot more as far as, like, you know, everything had to be perfect. But I'm less into the perfect and more into the, am I going to enjoy this? And that's why I'm an early decorator, because it's a lot of work. And when I do it early, it helps me relax into the holidays a little bit. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Get the work part of it done so you can just enjoy the fun part of it. Yeah, I really I think that 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 is an important part of it. You know, get it done as early as as you can convince your husband to let you do it. <laughs> <laughs> he has not noticed yet that I just put up the decorations early. By the way, I, the trees are not up yet. I'm going to wait until um the fifteenth. So the fifteenth. <laughs> 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 All right, and then you're going to do trees on the fifteenth. And then when do you hang stockings? Oh, I go ahead. We hang the stockings. We go ahead and put them up. 
Yeah, see, some people don't do it until Christmas Eve. Yeah, we keep the stockings up the whole season, but, you know, we don't, you know, look in them until Christmas Day. That's fun. That's fun. We lost our stockings a couple of years ago. We moved. I actually lost an entire box of Christmas decorations in a move, and I was so upset. A lot of it was handmade stuff and my stockings and a tree oh. skirt um, that my mom had quilted. And I don't know. I went back to the house that we had rented, and I asked the homeowners to look in the attic and, you know, see if they could get the box. Of course, they said it wasn't there. I don't I don't know. They wouldn't That's let me go bummer. look. So, yeah, I got really bummed out. And I got to tell you, now that I'm saying this out loud, I think that's when I started getting a little ball humbug about decorating for Christmas. Well, it's time to make some have, new traditions. Yeah, I didn't have all my favorite stuff anymore. Yeah. So I was like, what's the purpose? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, today our, our life lesson is joy and the holidays, as we said. So we're going to talk about how we find joy in the family traditions and special moments that are all around us. And also share some things that listeners sent in. So I want to talk about three things that that are my favorite family traditions. And one of them I already shared, early decorating. <laughs> it just really gets me in the spirit, although my husband is like, why, why, why? You know what? I need to watch um, Buddy the Elf. I need to watch yep. the Elf movie. That'll get I me in the mood. I can watch that. Yeah, that always gets me in the spirit. <laughs> Even It's really like 80 degrees today, but here in Georgia, but I'm still feeling Christmassy. I have another tradition that is one that I carried over from, it's from, gosh, at least the 70s in my family, maybe even before that, and it's called The Box. Have I ever told you about The Box? I have Sherry? never heard about The Box. I remember when I was a little girl watching, um, on one side of my family, my my maternal grandmother's side, that side of the family with my grandfather and all the extended family would all come over. And they had a very special box. And by the time I remember seeing it, it was like all beat up and old tape on it, ripped, you know, it was barely being held together. And it was decorated and called the box. And every year, somebody received their gift in that box. And we kept a record of who got it every year. So like every year you could see who received their gift in the box. And it was just so exciting as we went around and opened our presents to see who would get the box. And then that person had to give their gift in the box to someone else next year. Now, was it like a pre-printed box or just no, a it's just cardboard a box. box? Just a regular gift box. Just okay. a regular, I mean, you could use, We. it was just one of those regular like shirt boxes. Oh, okay. A regular gift box. So you couldn't tell by looking, you know, that all the, the boxes, ah. it just, when you wrapped it, it could have been any box, right? Oh, but when so, you unwrapped it, then you knew you had the box. Yes, you didn't I know gotcha. who okay. had the box until you unwrapped it. And you would unwrap it and there was the box. And oh, it was your fun. year. It was so much fun. And so, you know, that that tradition went away in, in that part of the family because, you know, as, as grandparents get older, you start meeting with different family, you know, you become the, the host family, right? So um, instead of going to my grandparents, it became my dad's house where we would go. So in the early 90s, I brought the tradition back for my dad's family. And we all get together and we still have the box. It's been going since the 90s. That is fun. It really, really is. And it's, you know, every year we, we list who gets it. And it is, again, just like the one from the 70s. It's now gotten all taped up and falling apart. But it's such a special tradition. That's a lot of fun. It really is. So have a box, the box, we call it. I guess one day I'll have one, you know, when when I have grandkids, we'll have, have a new box for, for that family. But our other tradition is, of course, stockings. You mentioned that on Christmas morning. 
we have our stockings first thing as we're sitting around. And I just got new stockings, Sherry, and added one for my daughter-in-law. Oh, that's sweet. Yep. That's fun. So we hadn't had new ones since the boys were little. So I just got all new ones because there was no, we, I ordered all four of ours at the same time. So hers was going to be different. Now, what goes in your guys' stockings? Do you have the same thing that you put in them? Nope. What was really funny is I was the queen of re-gifted Christmas stockings when I was a teacher because I would get so many gift cards from students and I would get so like candy. And so I'd be like, all right, what am I going to put in my children's stockings? And <laughs> I don't even know if they knew. I don't know if they knew. I'm admitting it here. But I would go through and I'd be like, all right, Cal will like this. Oop, will will like this. Oop, this is for Chad. <laughs> As a kid, I feel like we always had an orange, an apple, and a candy cane. Yeah, so my at mother the very bottom that. of the mm-hmm. stocking would be like your orange down the right bottom. Yeah, I used to get that too. You know, fruit used to be really special back in our grandparents' generation and beyond. You know, before that, earlier, because fruit was not something that you just could have at the grocery store 365 days of the year. Yeah, and I remember my grandmother right around Christmas would always get a big box of oranges. Right, and it was always a special deal. She'd get these Florida grapefruits and oranges, yeah. and she'd share them with the family. And you always kind of looked forward to that. Yep, that was fun. I don't. We. I don't really have any. You might have learned from me talking. I don't really have any big holiday traditions. I think it could be a lot just because of the way I was raised. Um, I had divorced grandparents, and they both worked shift work. And my dad worked shift work. And so we had sort of a moving holiday. We, so we didn't have a set like every Christmas we do this. It would be we would look at each other's, everybody would look at their schedules. And uh, my grandmother would normally get close to Christmas Day. And then my grandfather would either get Christmas Eve if it worked out or even like New Year's Eve. Many years we celebrated on New Year's. And it would just be that whenever my dad was off And my grandpa was in law enforcement. So when he was off and my grandmother was a nurse, so it was when she was off. And so we, I just grew up being very flexible with holidays and you just had them whenever. And kind of the bonus to that as a kid is Christmas lasted sometimes for 10 to 14 days because you were going here, there and everywhere. And then with me working in the hospital, you know, my entire career, I've had to be very flexible with that as well. And you know, often have missed holidays because I'm working the holiday or whatever. So to me, it's like you celebrate whenever. It doesn't have to be on Christmas Day or it doesn't have it's to be season. on Christmas Eve. Yeah, it's a season. And the important part, I think, is just, you know, having that experience with your family and and celebrating the season and the togetherness that Christmas brings. That's really true. And, you know, last Christmas, Christmas of 2019, was the first Christmas I didn't see Cal at all. We didn't see Cal or Kate because they had just moved to San Francisco, and she wasn't able to get off of work. So, of course, we were going to travel to see them in the spring, and you you know what happened in the spring. So (laughs) Cal and Kate are coming home this year, but they'll be here the week before Christmas, but they will not be here on Christmas Day. So That's great. I'm glad they're coming home. Time to make new traditions. I am, too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And that's other, like as your kids grow up and move on, my kids are both out of the house. And um, I do have two step kids. I call them my bonus kids. And, you know, sometimes we happen to have them on Christmas and sometimes we don't. It really just depends. And so, you know, again, we just sort of adapt and we do gift mm-hmm. days whenever. And we just, yeah, we just celebrate. One year we did, we celebrated Christmas on New Year's Day. 
Yeah. And, and I made a big meal and we opened gifts and we played games and it was just like one big celebration in one day. And that was a lot of fun. Well, we'll be doing having our family Christmas with Cal and Kate the week before, but then I'll have my dad's family on Christmas Day. So well, that'll it'll, be fun. it'll work. So what about some favorite holiday recipes? We're going to put these in the, the show notes at lifelessonscommunity.com, but I've got two that are very special for our family. Sausage balls. Do y'all make cheese and sausage balls, Sherry? I learned about them from you, Jen. Oh, really? You never heard about them until me? Well, I'm not from the South. I think that's okay. a Southern thing. Is it a Southern thing? I think it is because my husband knew what they were. He's from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's not Christmas for me without um, cheese and sausage balls. And it's just like, you know, grated cheddar and sausage. I like to get the hot kind of sausage, the spicy. Yes. And bisquick. And you just mix it all up, roll them up, and then bake them on Christmas morning. And they are, I, I can't have Christmas without them. So I'll put the recipe. We'll have that in the show notes at lifelessonscommunity.com, like I said, for episode four. And also cheese date. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Like cream cheese? Nope. Have you ever had cheese straws? Do you know what I'm talking mm. about? That's also a very Southern thing, cheese straws. Or is Have it you like, not had cheese straws? I don't know. We call them cheese straws, but they're not really straws. <laughs> is it like baked cheese? No. It's also a pastry kind of a thing. It's like grated cheddar and flour and a little paprika in there. And cheese straws, You just it's like a little cheese pastry. Okay. I'm sure you've had them. They're like, they look like little Cheetos almost, but they're not. They're homemade. I'm going to tell you I'm not never, ringing a bell. No. Oh, my Lord. Okay. People, <laughs> y'all are going to need to make these cheese dates. So you make this cheese pastry. It's a lot like a pie crust, but it's got cheese in it. So think about it like that. You roll it out like you're rolling out a pie crust and you make this filling out of dates. It's like dates and brown sugar and you cook it down. So it's almost like a jam. You could probably use you know, a fig jam that was already prepared or something like that. But I make make it myself out of the chopped dates. And then you just put you cut out little circles out of the dough and you fill it with this date mixture and then fold it over into a little crescent and you bake them. And they are fantastic. Okay. They just say Christmas. How do they ship? I don't know. I don't think they'd ship very well. I'm not shipping you some dates. You want me to <laughs> ship them to you? Is that where you were going with this? <laughs> Well, they're pretty fragile. You know, they're like a cheese pastry. So. Okay. Hey, I tried. But my grandmother made them when I was little, but then we, we didn't have the recipe. But a friend of mine, when I taught in Aiken, her mother made them. And I was like, this is what my grandmother used to make. And so when I had, when Cal was born, he was five weeks early. And they, he did, so we didn't get to have the baby shower, but her mother had already made all these cheese dates for the baby shower. So just gave them to me. So I had a newborn and a big old pile of cheese dates, and I was happy. That sounds good. Yeah. I, you asked me earlier what my favorite holiday foods were, and I don't, I can't really name one thing. I just always remember being around the appetizer table. So this is a secret about me. I don't really care for the holiday dinners, like Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner. I'm not into the food, but I stand at the appetizer table. Well, everybody's cooking the main dinner, right. and I fill up an appetizers, and then when everybody's done eating and they're too full to eat dessert, I'm ready to move on to the dessert table. So I think like my favorite memory was standing around with my cousins, and we would just do the block of cream cheese with salsa over the top of it. And I can, I mean, I can eat that whole brick of cream Yum. cheese and salsa and tortilla chips. 
Then dessert, I'm a pie girl. There's really not a pie I don't like except for raisin pie. Do you bake pie? I do. That is the one thing I bake is pie. One year I made 14 pumpkin pies. Oh, my gosh. Do you make your crust from scratch? Um, I can. It depends on how much time I have. Right. Sometimes I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Pillsbury makes a pretty good passable crust. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and then my mother made spritz cookies, and they were my favorite. Have you had Are them? Are they the kind that come out of the cookie press? Yes. Yes. And they're colored, and they just kind of melt in your mouth. And, I mean, I can eat those by the dozen. She made different yeah. ones. She made ones that were like cream cheese that had like lemon zest in them. Ooh, that sounds delicious. And they were a little heartier cookie. And then she just made the regular spritz cookies in the different colors. And yeah, those are those are my favorite. And I have not had them in years, but I actually asked her to send me the recipe for them. I don't have a cookie a, press. Got to get a cookie press. Doesn't Pampered Chef make a cookie they press? They do make a cookie yep. press. I'm going to have to order one because I think I'm going to make some spritz cookies this year. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. You'll See, love look, that. I'm getting in the holiday spirit just there by talking about it. There you go. You just it. needed. That's it. You just needed to hear about it. <laughs> so we've got some stuff that listeners have sent in to share too. Some great tips and and things that bring them joy. You want to get yeah. started with those? So Kathy Whitehurst from Long Island, New York, she wrote in and she said, "We host about 75 people for a Christmas Eve open house and make only appetizers and desserts for dinner." Hey, That's Kathy. where you should go. You're on the way. <laughs> I'll need your address, please. Um, <laughs> some of our favorites include scallops wrapped in bacon, shrimp cocktail, and crab dip, which show our love of seafood. Desserts include homemade cookie platters, trifles. I love trifles. Mm-hmm. They're so easy, too. Yeah. You know what? I never had one until I moved to Alabama and my husband made me a butterscotch trifle. Yum. And then I was like, why have I never made this before? Chocolate-covered strawberries and my mother-in-law's famous cream puffs. Again, Kathy, cream puffs are my favorite dessert in the whole wild, wide world. Bar none, and you cannot buy them anywhere anymore. So Kathy says that her friends and family just come and go all night long. And it's just an informal setting, and I think that sounds amazing. That sounds like so much fun. An open house. What a great idea. Yeah, I love it. All right, we've got one from Larissa. She says, we always complete a holiday or winter-themed puzzle during the first few days we're together, sometimes staying up super late to get it done. That does sound fun. I should do that. While Cal and Kate are here, we could start a new tradition. Yeah, and she says, another tradition is going out, quote, hunting for cool Christmas light displays. That's a fun one, too. Yeah, we used to do that. Mm -hmm. Lena... I think it's Lena. I'm sorry if I pronounced her name wrong. From Germany says that the Christmas holiday might just be my favorite time of year. And it's definitely my favorite time to spend with my family. In Germany, we celebrate one day early on the 24th of December. My family has a lavish breakfast before we start decorating our Christmas tree together. We get a real tree each year and we decorate it with real candles. We then prepare dinner together, which is something different each year, but always something special we wouldn't normally have. The afternoon is time for traditional German Christmas cookies, homemade of course, and tea or coffee, and just time to talk and enjoy each other's company. At night, we have a long dinner together, and afterward we open our gifts that have been lying under the Christmas tree all day. The following two days are also holidays, and they are the time to visit extended family, have more delicious food, and great conversation. I love the holidays so much, she says, and my time with my family in Germany. 
but I currently live in Japan, and especially this year, it won't be possible to return home as I had originally planned. So this is a tip for everyone who can't spend the time with their loved ones this year. Make the best of it and enjoy yourself. I like to bring German Christmas to Japan by baking German Christmas cookies and setting up a Christmas tree. But I also like to incorporate Japanese Christmas traditions like their strawberry shortcake Christmas cake and going on a date with my Japanese husband, as is the tradition in Japan. Christmas is not a family holiday in Japan, but rather a romantic night for couples. I'll Skype with my family and hope to get a present or two in the mail. There really is no point in being sad about what you can't have this year during the holiday. Shift your mindset and think about all the wonderful opportunities that present themselves this year because of the unusual circumstances. Well, thank you, Lena. And I think that's important. And, you know, our Christmas is going to be different. My mother and my uncle always come to visit. My uncle has fragile X syndrome, and he lives in a group home about just over an hour away from Augusta. And so my mother comes from Virginia and gets him and brings him here. And we have a tradition every year with, you know, what we, we go out to eat, and they're here for Christmas Eve and all of that. And then Christmas Day, I go over to my dad's because my parents are divorced. But this year, my mother is like, nope, we're not coming. Uncle Buddy can't leave the group home. They're not letting them travel. So this will be the first Christmas I haven't spent with my mother in my entire life. Yes, and I think there are probably a lot of families that are going to have Christmas without their elders being able to attend, especially if they do live in assisted living or long-term care facilities, that sort of thing, because just all of the restrictions right now. Yeah, so we'll we'll make the best of it, and just like Lena will, and have the the traditions we can we can have, and make some new ones. So um, puzzles seem to be a popular holiday activity. Here's one from anonymous. Anonymous shares easy and very expensive. We get a new one thousand piece Christmas or winter puzzle for our dining room. Our kids are all grown, so it stays on the table. And as people come and go during the season, they add a few pieces until it's done. Everyone wants to be the one to put in the last piece. I love that. That's fun. That's a great idea. Have it, you know, just part of whatever, everyone just pop in a piece here and there. Yeah. And then Amy from Lexington, South Carolina, she says, 14 years ago, when I was pregnant with my first child, my parents, who had just moved to the area, and my sister and I baked our Christmas cookies together all in one day. We typically make seven to eight different kinds of cookies and multiple batches. For example, we make four batches of sugar cookies and 12 batches of peanut butter balls. We bake in my kitchen starting at 9 a.m. and we bake all day long, sometimes not finishing until 6 or 7 p.m. We'll make soup and crock pots for an easy lunch and dinner and we'll just bake our hearts out. Over the years, more family has started to come, cousins and aunts, friends have joined in, and we all have the best time. By the end of the day, when every flat surface is covered with cookies, every family takes home a bunch of cookies, and we have knocked out our baking for the holiday season. The most we had in my house at one time for cookie day, as we call it, was about 23 people. My kids love this tradition, and so do my parents and sister. My sister's friends all come over and join in on the fun, and they started asking us in October, when is cookie day this year? That's a great tradition as well. As I read these, I I just think, I wonder how many we're not going to be able to have in 2020. I know. It is a little sad. But I don't, you know, Zoom's great. Yep. I think you could have a Zoom cookie cookie party. Absolutely. Yeah. 
You Everybody could, have could log Zoom on. Zoom Christmas and- party, Zoom Christmas cookie day, and then, yeah, then you could mail cookies to each other. Yeah, we do need to be thankful for technology these days because absolutely. I mean, this has made this whole isolation and pandemic so much more manageable mm-hmm. than it would have been. I mean, imagine in 1960 living through this, and it no. really, really would have been more isolating. Yeah, so we can have, you know, a smaller scaled back version. We can zoom while we do it, and we can just have, you know, looking forward to next year when more people can come. Yeah. Yeah, this won't be forever. This is it just was. now, just right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So a listener who identifies as Graham, as that is what her grandkids call her, shares, Christmas Eve is my most wonderful time of year as I experience unbridled joy while we visit my daughter and her family. As Christmas Eve approaches and as tradition dictates, the eight of us pile into the car Man, Pa, and I, my son, along with our three grandsons and their parents, and cruise the neighborhood, enjoying all the Christmas lights with holiday favorites playing in the background, and each of us pronounces our ever-changing favorite decorations. I love that. Man, Pa. Yeah. Instead of Grandpa. I thought that was cute. Man, Pa. That is so cute. I love all the different names for grandmother and grandfather. And of course, you know, we're starting to think about those since Cal and Kate are, you know, they've been married for just over a year. I don't know when they're going to have kids, but... One day. One day. <laughs> Starting to think about those names. All right. So this continues from Graham. She says, as the stars begin to compete in brilliance with the festive wattage below, we make our way home, disembark, and gaze to the light show above, all in hopes of seeing a far-off Santa flying through the sky. The most joyous and tender part of the early night is when the boys, ages 9, 7, and 5, and all wrapped up in their festive matching PJs, pile into the generously sized guest bed to sleep with Graham. During this magical time of wonderment, I have embraced an Icelandic tradition whereby I give each of the boys a book and a small box of chocolates. We take turns reading the books the boys delighting in the stories, yet probably more so in selecting which piece of Godiva chocolate they will first consume. When the books are read and a few candies downed, we turn out the lights and position ourselves in front of a row of just cracked open windows, the cold on our faces, all eyes to the sky, in search of Santa. Most years we spot him, quickly identified by Rudolph's flickering red nose, Thank you, Distant Airport. Oh, that made me laugh so hard. I love that. Oh, there he is. There's Santa. The kid's are like, yep. <laughs> Perfect. Squeals of joy ensue as we then scramble to claim our respective places in the bed and settle in to get sleep before he arrives. The boys mo- most often readily fall asleep as busy adults in the household do the work of bringing out the wrapped gifts and organizing the presents in and around the tree. As for me, I close my eyes with bodies snuggled tight, a tender limb or two draped over mine, and I soak up the love, the magic, and the joy of my most wonderful time of the year. I love that. That gave me and the chills. Graham is such a good writer. That was she is a good Graham. writer. And, you know, I as you were reading it, I just got goosebumps uh, thinking yeah, about it. Too. Did so, y'all ever fun. watch NORAD Santa Tracker? Yes. The NORAD Santa Tracker. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was also a tradition when my boys were little. I forgot about that till just now when she was talking about the, um, you know, looking for Santa out the window. Our weatherman did it. Is that oh, who did, did yours? No. Well, we would just look on the on the internet. Oh, no. Like, we would turn on the TV, and 
our weather forecaster on our local TV station, he would track Santa on NORAD. Okay, yeah. But you could just watch it on the internet, and it showed his progress on the NORAD Santa tracker. That's probably fun. everybody everybody knows that by now. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, Margo from Alberta, Canada, she said, As Canadians, one food that shows up every year on our Christmas season table is French-Canadian Tortier? I don't know how to tortier? say it. Tortier? I'm not. Tortier? Tort- tortier sounds right. It might be. We don't I never know. took French. I took French, and I was so bad at it. So <laughs> I took German. Sorry, French teachers. <laughs> tortier, tortier, one of those. My recipe came from a Canadian living magazine about 30 years ago, and my kids went from calling it torture at first to now saying yes, and they want to keep it on the menu every year. It is uniquely spiced, fragrant meat pie that we love. My daughter-in-law is French-Canadian and always eats hers with ketchup. I love it with rhubarb relish. Interesting personal detail is that we aren't from Quebec. We're not French-Canadian. But I just felt inspired to try it as a young wife and mother. Then when I met my birth mother and discovered I am 100% Scottish, as in both my birth parents were Scottish, she also shared that she has always made tortier at Christmas time. The other food that is always part of our Christmas is shortbread. Shout out to Scottish roots. I have several stoneware molds and I make lots of flavors, my favorite being ginger. And she also gives us some wise advice. Margo says, my tip would be that in the midst of the fuss and festivities, decorating parties, I encourage others to focus on something that transcends all the circumstances of Christmas, whatever that means for you. It can be a very difficult, shallow, lonely, and noisy season for all of us if we don't connect with something with meaning that goes deeper and beyond ourselves and stuff. Serving and loving others, serving and loving ourselves by not spreading ourselves too thin, trying to curate an Instagram-perfect image of Christmassy. Find inner peace and joy in special, quiet ways. I love that so much, especially this year with the the changes and the difference. And it's going to—I really think probably everyone's Christmas is going to look different I in think some so. way. In some way, either a big way, like mine is going to be a big difference with, with you know my mom and my uncle not being here. It's going to be big for them. They're going to be isolated. And— you know, I'm going to take more time to send them something special and connect with them on the holiday. But even, you know, instead of being really depressed and sad about it, we're going to make it special for us at home. Peace yeah. and love in special, quiet ways, like Margot said. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you can always start a new tradition. Right. And even if it's you don't have to follow the tradition next year because things open up. It could be something you decide to keep going. So come now up I'm with something have to unique. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. And really it's it's a way to make Christmas special for the people who can't travel and who can't be there. Right. So now I'm gonna think on that. Luckily it's November eleventh when we're recording. Like I said, I have time to think about it. But yeah. All right. Kristen from New Hampshire says, we pick out a real Christmas tree the weekend following Thanksgiving, and then we all start stringing the popcorn and cranberries to make a garland for the tree. I've been stringing popcorn and cranberry for 30 years, and it's a tradition my kids love. We also either decorate gingerbread men or houses. I give my now three adult children the option to choose which, and we bake it from scratch and use cookie cutters to cut it out. 
Years ago, I bought wooden drawer advent calendars from L.L. Bean for each of my children. I still fill them with little treats and candies. Christmas Day is always prime rib, baked stuffed shrimp, and my mom's famous Delmonico potatoes. It's my favorite meal of the year. I also bake my grandmother's chocolate cake recipe in a bunt pan with a simple Christmas decoration. Wouldn't be Christmas Day without it. Christmas Eve, I bake my frosted sugar cookie recipe and my Nona's Italian ricotta cookies. Everyone looks forward to them most every Christmas Eve. Have you ever made gingerbread houses? I try not to. (laughs) You try not to? (laughs) Oh, that was a tradition. I'm not an arts and crafts girl. That was a tradition for so many years, and I'm actually sad when it came to an end when the boys were like, we're done with this, we're sorry, no more. But every year, they each would decorate a gingerbread house, and even, you know, as they started bringing girlfriends home. One year, Will had a girlfriend named Hannah Kate, and Cal had Kate, who he's now married to, but they were, they were you know, Kate and Hannah Kate and Will and Cal, <laughs> and each couple decorated a gingerbread house, and that was yeah. fun. But then the boys were like, nope, we're done with that. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> One day, I'll do it with grandchildren. Yeah, Well, I hope you have grandchildren then. Well, I hope so too. One tip is get the ones, if unless you love it. People love putting them together. I like to buy the ones that were pre-assembled and all you had to do was decorate. That sounds much easier. It's much easier because it's hard to actually put the walls on. That's the hard part. Uh If you get the ones that are already assembled, then you can have the fun of decorating. Okay, that's a good tip. For the people like me who need it to be a little simpler. (laughs) It's still lots of fun. Well, you know, I, I told you I was not a good student in art class, and that just kind of carried over to adulthood. I don't like to sit still. Oh, I get that. But, you know, you're actively decorating, and it's fun. My uh, my college roommate, Melissa, she has a A-frame gingerbread house recipe that she makes every year and assembles it from scratch, and that one's probably easier to put together. Probably. So I bet you could find a pattern online for an A-frame gingerbread house. Maybe I'll try that. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Why do you have to have kids to make a gingerbread house? Why don't you just make your own? I guess I could. It just felt like, you know, a kid thing to do. I guess I could start a new tradition this year and make it myself. What do you think? We could have a a contest. We could do that in the group. In the group. Okay. Everybody can post their favorite and we'll see who the winner is. All right. Well, this episode comes out in time for people to still hear it. So go to Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. In, on Facebook and share your gingerbread house. So let's re- we're definitely going to do that. And you can and see so Jen's. I'm going to make one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Melissa to send me her pattern. All right. See, now you have an excuse to make a gingerbread house. I do. House. I do. See, that's all it took. I am very competitive. Uh-oh. Now, if we make this a competition, I might actually be able to get into making a gingerbread house. <laughs> We'll have to see what the community wants as far as competing. We'll vote on the on Christmas Eve, maybe. That'll be fun. Okay. All right. All right. Well, Mandy Batty, she shares a recipe, and I'm really intrigued like the by this one. It's dill dip. Have you ever heard of dill dip? I have not, but I, I love dill. So. Me too. So her dill dip is pretty easy. It's a cup of mayo, a cup of cream cheese that's been softened, one cup of sour cream, and two teaspoons of dill weed, two teaspoons of Beaumont seasoning, and I did not know what that was. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. It sounds it's very a, um, like New Orleans. Oh, yeah, it does. 
I just, to me, it went French again. And I'm like, yeah. oh, that, that sounds French. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm thinking New Orleans. I don't know. I'm yeah, just guessing. No, you're probably guessing. right. Uh, it's really just a blend of celery, onion, and salt. Oh, that totally. That sounds like New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. So, and you just mix it all with a fork and serve it with veggies. She said, my grandma always made this for holiday dinners, and all of the grandkids would dip a veggie in the dip, then lick the dip off without eating the veggie. Of course. No double dipping, kids. <laughs> So that sounds easy, and I'll just type that up, and I'll have that in show notes if somebody wants to try Mandy's dill dip. I bet you could dip sausage balls in it and not cheese dates, though. Don't dip. (laughs) (laughs) But I I bet sausage balls would be good. Maybe just cheese straws. Yeah, probably so. I say that like I know, but I don't know what a cheese straw is. Now you're going to see them at all the stores. Go to any gift shop in Alabama, and I guarantee they have cheese straws there. Oh, you know, now that you say that. I told you. I've seen them in little bags. Yeah. Yeah. Uh You got to get some. Mm -hmm. Well, they're like $8 for a little bag of these little cheese things. And I'm like, eh. Worth it. Yeah. Is it? Is it worth it? All right. I guess I need to try it. All right. I'm certainly not going to bake them. I'm not a baker. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. And that is Sunlight and Saunas. Jen has recently become obsessed with Sunlight and Saunas, and she wanted to pair up with them in order to spread the word about the benefits of regular sauna use and to provide our listeners with a special deal. And can I tell you, my sauna is coming in one week. That's exciting. I'm so excited. They called me yesterday, the shipping company, and said that it would be here. So it's going to be here just in time for the weather to get colder. And Perfect. then I'm going to spend the winter in my sauna. So let me ask you this as I was researching this and thinking about where I could put a sauna in my house. Mm-hmm. Did you have to have an electrician come in and wire anything yes. special? It's got to have a special plug. But I'm getting a, a, a bigger one that Chad and I can both get in. It's called a three-person sauna. But the person that was helping me pick one said that it's good for two people. If three people were in it, you'd have to sit really close together. So I'm getting a three-person one so we can kind of lounge in it a little bit. Uh But it's going in a corner of my garage. And so my garage is the exact – that little section I'm going to put it in is the exact perfect size for the one that I ordered. You can put them inside, but they have a sauna that you can just plug right into a regular plug. It's like a one-person solo, it might be called. And it's like a – it's like a – almost like a sleeping bag kind of sauna that you get in. Okay. So that would be like, you know, for someone who didn't have enough room to put an actual wooden box sauna, you would get the one that you get inside. It might be called the right. Solo. I can't remember. But you get in that and you get all the benefits and you can just store it away in the house and plug it into a regular plug. But, okay. yeah, we've got to get the electrician to come. Yeah, well, a week. if you're not familiar with the health benefits, um, I actually – was I've been looking into saunas for about a year, but I also did a little bit more research just because I want to tell you guys a little bit about saunas and why you may want to use one. So here's some of the health benefits that regular sauna use provides. Saunas help your body detox, not only from heavy metals, but medications and hormone and endocrine disruptors. And your body takes in these disruptors through use of just cleaning chemicals, lotions, makeup, shampoos that are not uh, free of those chemicals like Beauty Counter is. Studies have shown that they help to boost your immunity, which is especially important these days. They decrease inflammation by increasing blood flow to every part of your body, and they penetrate muscles to relieve aches and pains. Saunas also promote healing, and they improve, improve cardiovascular health. 
Regular sauna use can improve fat burning and boost metabolism. Saunas also mimic the endorphin release of exercise and they promote relaxation in users. So Sunlighten was founded as a result of a personal healing experience with infrared therapy. Uh, the owner, he suffered from chronic illness and he had been relying on traditional medicine to manage his condition. And it was only when he discovered infrared saunas that he truly began to heal. So Jason founded the company in 1999, and his whole goal was just to make people more aware of the healing power of infrared saunas that he personally experienced. And he wanted to make um, a good quality sauna that he could you know, provide to others so that they could experience the same healing and health benefits that he had. You can visit lifelessonscommunity.com, and there's a link to take advantage of our special deal on Sunlight and Saunas under the Shop With Us tab. Uh, they have many different sizes, like Jen said, and different options that will fit your space, uh, no matter how large or small it might be. Awesome. I'm very excited. I can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait to you know hear what you think about yours, because that, that's been on my, my wish list for a while. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm glad I took the plunge, as it were. <laughs> so next, we have our segment called our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. So today's listener-led lesson comes from a few different community members regarding keeping fruit from browning when serving at a party. Whitney Lowry shares, having a party, slice the apples the day before. Soak slices in Sprite or 7-Up for a few hours, drain, and seal in a zip-top bag. The lemon-lime flavor keeps the apples from browning. Some people use lemon juice for this purpose, but I think the lemon taste is too strong. Using soda, you can hardly taste it. And Anne Meskill shares, I put my apples and pears in pineapple juice to keep them fresh. It's sweeter, but with the same non-browning as lemon. Janine Ross shares that she always uses a salt water solution on her cut fruit to keep it from browning, as it's always something she has on hand. So I did not know any of those tips, and I cut up some fruit to take to work the other night. I made some apple, different apple dips, and I didn't even think about them browning after I cut them. Did they get all brown? Well, yeah, they started to get all brown, and then I'm like, well, what am I going to do? And so I just soaked them in water, thinking that maybe the water would keep them from browning as fast. And instead, I just got soggy apples. Oh. <laughs> so then I wah, had wah. brown, soggy, slimy apples. <laughs> well, that does not sound appetizing. You could call it like a Halloween treat. <laughs> oh, it was a Halloween something. Yeah. Oh, but goodness. At the end of each show, we'll share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote was shared by Eddie Friedman of New York. It's a quote by William Penn the founder of the colony that eventually became the state of Pennsylvania. He said, I expect to pass through life but once. If therefore there be any kindness I can show or any good thing I can do to any fellow being, let me do it now and not defer or neglect it as I shall not pass this way again. And I love that. That's a good one. That's That one's deep. That is deep. I had to read it several times. Show kindness, show good things, do good things now. Every yeah. single day. Yeah. And this took me back to that Dash poem. Right. That I had read before. Yes. Again, it's just about everything you do in your life. Like, make the most of it. Make it count. Make, even when it's not your typical holiday, you're not with your loved ones, all of them, make the most where you are. 
And remember others during the holidays too. I think that's important. That's the thing that I think brings me the most joy is remembering that some people don't have the means to have a happy holiday. And so it's the perfect time to remember and give and donate and, you know, find a local Christmas bureau or something and help those less fortunate. I love that. Yeah. Give back during the holidays. Well, everybody, it's been wonderful to celebrate joy with you and whatever holidays you celebrate um, and however your family celebrates, make the most of them this year. Next week, we're going to talk about should you make a New Year's resolution or should you not? We're going to explore all the ins and outs of resolutions. Um, In the meantime, make sure to join our Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Also, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to subscribe to the Life Lessons podcast. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcast. It really helps people to find us. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Email us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bye, Sherry. Bye.